I'm Rena Glazer. Welcome back. In what's become an annual tradition, today we're going to preview the upcoming PBI Annual Conference. We're hard at work getting ready. The conference is coming soon, the last week in March. To help me in making her podcast debut is Tammy Sun, the Director of Corporate Pro Bono, which we also call CPBO. Welcome, Tammy. Hi, Rena. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, uh, before I started at PBI, I actually most recently worked with uh, Equal Justice Works Fellows, managing the fellowship program there. And I worked with the fellows in their pro bono projects with uh, law firms and in-house legal departments. And then prior to that, I actually uh, practiced as a public defender and worked as a civil rights lawyer in the South, uh, working with children and men and women who uh, were confronting abusive uh, conditions of confinement in the jails and prisons um, in Alabama and Georgia. That's awesome. Where'd you grow up? Well, um, I'm an immigrant, and uh, my family immigrated here uh, from Taiwan. Um, so I mostly grew up a little bit in California and a lot in New York. Yeah, I don't have a New York accent, um, which everybody asks me about. And I grew up in Queens, so people say, uh, why don't you have an ac- a Queens accent? Uh, I think it's because, you know, I, I had a dual language uh, growing up, so spoke Taiwanese at home and then English outside. Uh, so uh, I kind of have one of those accents where um, I'm pretty impressionable, so I tend to pick up, you know, wherever I am. So when I was working in the South, I kept saying things like y'all and all y'all, and, you know, I had to stop that. Yeah. I do that, too. I think I mimic what I hear, and um, people used to tell that to me, too. Like, when after a college vacation, like winter break, and you go back to school, and people are like, oh, you've been home, right? You know, you can hear the difference, but I don't. I think it's a... Uh... Well, I don't hear any Southern accent from you, and I don't know how many years you spent down in Alabama, but... I was there, we moved, my family moved when I was starting third grade, and then they left when I was in my second year of law school, so... Wow, that is a long time. So you should have some kind of Southern accent. I call my brother Bubba, so does that count? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, Which is Southern for brother, you know, if you don't know. Really? Really? No, I did not know. Um, And where'd you go to school? Let's just button that up. Um, uh, well, I went to Stanford, so I went on the West Coast, and so lost a lot more accent. And uh, and then uh, after graduation, I uh, worked for a year, actually, um, as a paralegal in uh, Munger Tolls and Olson's uh, sort of one-year paralegal program. And there I met this woman as part, part of a lunch and learn that Munger Tolls was hosting. Um, she was the executive director of uh, Children's Alliance, and she founded this organization. And because I am the first lawyer in my family, I really didn't know what um, all the variety of things that lawyers could do. And I certainly saw for myself what law firm lawyers did as a paralegal at Munger, but um, I was just sort of blown away by this woman. So then um, after I finished my commitment at Munger, I, I sort of volunteered um, right before law school at uh, this organization, working with children um, who... Uh, were uh, in foster care and, um, and and their emerging juvenile justice program. So, and then I went to uh, Yale after that, and uh, and soon after, uh, sort of um, went down south after graduation. Uh, thank you. I know our listeners enjoy getting to know you a little better, and it's just been such a 
delight and privilege to work with you and to have you on board here at PBI. So let's pivot a little to the conference. Um, tell us, for people who aren't familiar, a little bit about the overarching construct and organizing principle of the conference. So I've heard you talk about how the conference is really, you know, multiple conferences in one or one in which we, you know, have uh, together time and alone time. So the conference is it's structured in a way that allows the three segments of our pro bono community uh, to spend time together with each other and then apart, you know, amongst themselves. So the first day of the conference, we have uh, what we call sort of track uh, programming and Traditionally, we've had it for the in-house legal departments and then the law firm uh, pro bono leaders. And then uh, starting last year, we started to have uh, more programming for the public interest and legal services community. Um, and I think this year, we've also expanded even more uh, to include the public interest legal services community um, in uh, our Wednesday programming. So they're going to be with us for most of the day. And then what happens on Thursday? On Thursday, we actually then spend time together. And uh, all three groups, you know, uh, go to sessions in which uh, there are a variety of topics. Uh, that includes both substantive topics on pro bono, uh, sort of, pro, uh, excuse me, pro bono in practice, as well as uh, sort of best practices. And uh, it's, it's a variety of different kinds of formats. So we have... Uh, sessions that include case studies on a particular project or partnership. Uh, we have also uh, sort of more panel style types of sessions in which you have speakers on a panel and audience participation built in. Um, we also then have uh, more sort of intimate discussions uh, that uh, are workshop style. Yeah, I think we realized that people have different learning styles and engage differently. Um, so there aren't that many talking head sessions. I think it's a pretty peer-driven event where everyone brings something to the table, whether you are relatively new to the community or experienced. People really have awesome ideas and suggestions, and even if it's common challenges, that then we can brainstorm together um, to better promote access to justice. So, Tammy, you may or may not know that we, not that long ago, introduced a new segment to the pod, which we call Tell Us About Your First Time. And we ask guests to talk about their first pro bono case. But I thought today, instead of talking about your first pro bono matter, you could maybe, in a little bit of a twist, tell us about your first conference, right? Sort of tell us about your first time. Mine now was so long ago that I don't think I really have valid memories. <laughs> There's probably a lot of just revisionist history going on. So long ago that uh, my first conference was back at one of our original locations, which was at the Willard. Oh. I don't know, Producer yeah. John, if you know. We used to have our conference at the Willard. Um, that was a different day and age. But Tammy, your, your impressions are a little fresher. Mm -hmm. So do you have any kind of reactions, impressions over the last, you know, sort of one where you came, I think, even before you had started, right? Yes, was that like was kind my, of a preview event. It's funny you ask that, you know, my first impressions of uh, my first conference, because my first conference was right before I started this job officially, because the timing was such that uh, I could attend the conference and see, you know, how the conference uh, was structured and 
and then I started officially after. <laughs> so uh, I think that, uh, so this will be, going into this conference will be my third conference. So my first conference was uh, back in 2017, and I was integrated as part of the team, actually. So I was staffing, you know, sessions, and uh, what I saw was actually more uh, on the in-house side, but of course, on the Thursday uh, sessions, you know, uh, I saw everyone. And, you know, my general impression was, you know, sort of how interactive both the sessions are, but also, you know, how much people uh, enjoyed networking and interacting with each other. Um, it's a highly, highly energetic group of people. And uh, while it's, you know, always thought of as a sort of a smaller conference, I thought there was just so much programming and the variety of programming uh, that was on offer was incredible. Uh, you know, and there was just so many different types, uh, both about the practice of pro bono as well as the substantive aspects. And like you're, you were saying, you know, there's just so much expertise amongst, you know, our community that... Uh, it felt like a lot of information, but also very exciting. And I also think that uh, I didn't realize until I started um, how much work um, this small team, you know, put into putting together such a uh, big conference. And then there's the food. That leaves an impression, right? Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of food. Yes, yeah. actually. Now that you mentioned that, um, you know, I had to pull back and not mention that, but... Um, I actually was very impressed by the food, the, both the amount, but also the quality of the food. And I know that there are certain, uh, over the years, and you probably can speak more to this, that there are certain breaks where people uh, expect certain kinds of food, like the ice cream break, mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. you know, the ice cream that you experience as a child um, are in these sort of big ice cream refrigerated boxes and, uh you know, people really love that. Um, I think at the expo, uh, we usually have popcorn and soft pretzels. Uh, and then you also have an open bar, I believe. Yes, it's a happy hour. So yes. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. Mm -hmm. I think um, just to pick up on what, what you mentioned, this impression of energy and um, excitement and enthusiasm, I really think of the conference like a family reunion. You know, if, if you think about people who are so close, right, and the values they share and their passion and their mission, and they maybe don't see each other every day or even every year. Um, so when you come together, you know, what does a family do at a family reunion, right? You hug and you shriek and you tell jokes and you catch up and you laugh and you cry and you mourn the people who aren't able to be with you anymore. And um, it's, you know, for some people, it's like you've been, you know, you were just with them yesterday, right? You have that immediate connection and no time has passed. And for people who are new to the family, right, sort of people who are um, partnering and coming and, and, and new, it can be a little overwhelming. And you're like, how do I navigate this, this sort of bunch? But I don't think it's clicky. And I think it's very welcoming. And I think that there are a lot of opportunities um, to make it easy for people, you know, name tags and structure and buddy systems and 
if you're like me, some of this networking sounds awful, right? For like a radical introvert, you'd rather just hide in your room or something. But it really is comfortable, even for the least social among us. And um, and I would not think that you were, when I first met you at the conference, I think that was maybe the first time I met you, uh, uh, since I hadn't come to the office yet. And I saw you in the midst of all these people and I would not have thought you were a radical introvert. It's all a show. It's all a show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I I think for people who are like, ugh, that sounds awful, just being thrown in a room with 300 people I don't know. Um, There are systems, there are structures, and at the very least, uh, the staff wants to spend time with you. So talk to us and we wear special name badges and we are easy to find. even if we are few and rather um, height challenged. (laughs) You you can find us. But we were talking about the food, and um, I want to pivot a little to talk about what's new this year. And one thing I think is the food. We're at a new venue, so I think we can knock on the laminated table and hope that um, it'll be up to standard. So it'll be a new adventure, new menus, new location, new venue. Well, it's at a very, you know, swanky place uh, at the Gaylord and D.C. Harbor. So uh, with all those other restaurants, you know, competing. So um, hopefully, you know, the hotel will have will be up to snuff as well. So we hope so. It'll be an experience. It'll be an adventure. What else do you think is uh, new at the conference this year that you think uh, we should chat about and share? Well, uh, I think that I alluded to this before. We have, you know, expanded programming for uh, our legal services, public interests community, and uh, this year we're going to have them be part of our regional joint networking exchange. And uh, I actually don't know quite the genesis for how that came about. So maybe you can give our listeners, you know, sort of the broader perspective on uh, how. The conference came to devise these uh, geographic exchanges so that uh, people can get together and talk about their specific localities. Um, That's a great point. So it's also something new we're doing this year is having this networking program uh, with food, right? Over a lunch. That's true. Yeah, more eating, our theme. Um, Pro bono runs on our stomachs, Mm -hmm. um, as our founder Esther used to say. so one thing we love to do is listen to feedback, right? And, and, and hear what people think and want and need and would like to get out of the conference. And we're always looking to improve. And we want to repeat the things that are successful. And we want to add innovations when we think that there is a need um, that we haven't been meeting and that we could be meeting. And people come to this conference from all over the country, from all over the world. And one way we had not been slicing and dicing the attendees, as Tammy um, mentioned, we have programming for the different tracks, right? The groups that you come to. We increasingly created programming based on experience level, right? Because if you have people who have been running pro bono programs for 20 plus years now, maybe what they need to learn is different than someone who started in their position less than a year ago. Yes, we can all learn from everybody and it's good to look at things with fresh eyes, but we needed space for people based on, in a way, their seniority level, right? Their tenure um, to have sort of programs for experienced attendees and relative newcomers. So that's a way to slice and dice. We have sliced and diced based on role, 
right? Because in a lot of people, at least in the law firm and legal department sector, may not be 100% pro bono time, right? They, they do this as a service to their firm, their legal department, because they feel it's a passion project, but they also have quote unquote, you know, day jobs, right? They have full-time billing responsibilities. They are real estate counsel, IP counsel, you know, they have a full business portfolio. Um, so their discussions among each other might be quite different than someone who is, fully responsible for administrating or running a pro bono program. So one demographic, one way that we had not sliced and diced was um, geographically. Mm -hmm. And we thought, well, that's a missed opportunity because it is not the case that all pro bono leaders in every area know each other. Right. You might assume, right? Doesn't everyone in Chicago know each other? Doesn't everyone in New York know each other? And I think that that is an assumption that does not match reality. And so um, a number of years ago, we started these regional discussions for law firm and in-house attendees. And we aren't big enough to really break it out on such a granular level, right? You don't have so many attendees from Dallas or you know uh, a certain city to do it that way. So we did it regionally. Um, and the idea was for people to go to the region where they live and work and make connections and meet people and talk about the legal needs um, unique to their communities or an emerging issue that they're experiencing and how they could better tackle it or what's the best practice or what's a group that's really doing a great job handling this. Oh, I didn't know. You know, that's very solution oriented and make connections. Or to go to a region where you might have oversight responsibilities Uh, but you don't live there and you don't know it very well. So let's say you are running a pro bono program at a law firm and you're based here in Washington. And over the course of the last year, your firm opened a new office in LA and now you suddenly are charged with being an expert right on the California pro bono landscape. Why don't you go to the West Coast Regional, right? And make some connections and um, get some contacts, right? Get your questions answered by the people who are living and working on the ground in that area. And this year we've added the public interest community to the discussion and I think it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, and I agree. I think that um, increasingly, you know, you have people um, both on the law firm side but also on the in-house side who uh, manage a program that spans multiple offices and multiple locations and so, uh, oftentimes, they may know their particular region where they are living very well, uh, but they're at a loss as to you know what is going on. Who are the pro bono uh, partners uh, to work with, um, and who are the contacts in those localities? And I know that uh, a lot of in-house folks have decided to move around and, just, uh, and doing these regionals and say, you know, this year I'm going to go to. Uh, Midwest because we have some offices there and we're trying to build our pro bono program there and and I need to know how we can get that started. Yeah, exactly. Making contacts and same with people who maybe bring multiple people, you know, and you kind of, which which people do for the whole agenda, right? You go to this, I'll go to that and we'll share our learning. And I think, as I mentioned before, for people who might be more reserved or shy or 
me. Um, these are really safe spaces. There's structured discussion. You aren't put on the spot. No one's going to call on you. It's very friendly. Um, no question is too dumb. People are happy to know you, meet you, and help you. And um, I think it'll be you know yeah. interesting to see how they go. And I think that's a hallmark of, I think, the whole conference is, you know, if there's sort of one tip, and I know this is probably something you're going to ask me, but that, you know, I would say, you know, don't um, be shy. Uh, even if you are a radical introvert, don't be shy about um, making contacts because uh, the number of times I hear uh, our in-house folks after the conference say, oh, well, yeah, I met so-and-so at that conference, you know, we're working on something together. And I love hearing that because I feel like that is you know, a major purpose of the conference is to help facilitate those connections. I agree. And again, we can help do that. So if you are wanting an introduction to a specific person or someone who does something, uh, we'd be happy to do that for you. And I think over and over and over again, we talk about how pro bono is really uh, a people business, mm -hmm. right? And it's the people that we are helping, but it is also a relational business because how can we do our pro bono work as efficiently and as impactful as possible? It's by making connections. And whether it's the connections at our own institutions, knowing what our own colleagues wanna work on and care about and be involved in, and also the resources in the community, right? And who our partners can be to help us make those ideas an important and meaningful reality. Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, that is one thing that for me stands out about this conference is you know how much it is about relationships and people for the most part get that and when you are new to the conference uh, you start to really see that uh, as a unique aspect of this conference and 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 people do I think get into the swing of things and start you know sort of passing out business cards and making connections and on the in-house side you know so much of their work is just for one client, their corporate, their corporation, and so they often don't even see you know other in-house folks. And uh, there's been a growing uh, sort of interest in really reaching across uh, different legal departments uh, to do that. I think the a lot on the law firm side, there is more structure and and uh, opportunities for. Uh, law firm pro bono leaders to get together. And uh, that's something that uh, I think on the in-house side is a growing interest, but um, not quite there yet. One other thing I'll add that I'm, is new to the conference this year and that I'm excited to see how that goes is um, more attendee design sessions. We had, uh, I'd say, a heightened, um, partly thanks to producer John, uh, Quest for proposal process where we really solicited not just ideas or sort of half-baked notions or informal suggestions, which we love and people should send those, um, but much more uh, fully baked um, session ideas, kind of the soup to nuts of here's the title, here's the description, here are the three people that are going to do it, here's the format, here are the supplemental materials. Um, so I am very grateful to everyone in the community that submitted ideas, proposals, uh, words or paragraphs uh, of, of varying stripes and 
you know, we regret that we couldn't include all of them. We would be need to be a, a conference that was 10 times the size. Um, but it will be, I think, really interesting to see how those sessions go. And we're extremely grateful for the input and the hard work and the sort of elbow grease that people have put into uh, making their programs terrific. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely echo that. Uh, I think it's been uh, interesting to work with sessions that have been designed, you know, by uh, the community that uh, are attending the conference. And uh, some really interesting topics have come out that uh, I'm really excited. And I feel like in a way I was looking over our sessions again and uh, I noticed almost like a theme uh, that I think is in a way unintentional, uh, but uh, but there's one um, that I see that is um, where we are focusing a lot on uh, communication and whether it's... Uh, uh, a mindful communication, how to uh, listen and, and interact with uh, your, uh, your opposing lawyers and your uh, pro bono clients in a way that's not stressful. So we have a session about that. Uh, we have a session about working with diverse communities um, to understand you know, um, how you take into account all the background um, of your pro bono clients and uh, how to navigate that. Um, and of course, we have um, our Friday session that uh, uh, I'm looking forward to as well. And we have a speaker coming. I'm just going to talk about Dr. Beagle. Uh, Donna Beagle is a sort of inspirational speaker who talks um, and provides presentations about poverty and the impact of poverty and how to communicate um, with people who have come from that background and uh, you know, we, I think, Rena, you knew about her from a program that uh, an in-house department and a law firm had done together in Minnesota. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, but uh, we asked uh, the in-house department, you know, how was this uh, presentation? And, and he said it was life-changing. So... So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, well, thank you, Tammy. You've done amazing work in putting this program together, and we're really grateful. And I think to learn more about Dr. Beagle and her work, you can um, check out our blog. We have written about her and some of these projects, and also our podcast. If you look at our episode with Cindy, Ander Cindy Anderson and John Bai, they, uh, Cindy, who was really, really... Um, um, instrumental in getting this Minnesota program together, talks a lot about her um, experience with Dr. Beagle and how meaningful and important it was. So um, we can uh, put out some links and make that easy for you to find, and um, I'd recommend that. That's great. Yeah. So what else? I know it's a little bit like choosing which of your children is your favorite, which I will not make you do. <laughs> <laughs> but are there any other sort of things that you're looking forward to that you'd like to call out? Well, I think um, I'll start, you know, with our Wednesday program. Um, um, we, uh, of course, work on our in-house track programming. And I really look forward to the morning session where uh, our attendees on the in-house side have the opportunity to break out into two groups and we have a session we call in-house basics and then a session called mature crowdsourcing and the, um, the, the attendees break up into uh, the, each session depending on where they are in their program and 
What I love about those sessions is that uh, they're small, they're meant to uh, facilitate intimate conversations. Um, in these sessions, uh, and the basic side, the attendees go around the room and they actually introduce themselves and talk about their programs, and they uh, then throw out a few questions and challenges, and uh, I think the whole group really at that, using that time, gets to really know each other, and it sort of sets a tone for the rest of the conference, um, because by the time they come out of that session, and that is uh, a almost a two-hour session that we've expanded it to, uh, because uh, we've never found enough time for uh, the discussion. So, um, and, and after that, you know, people have said, you know, I just, you know, feel like I've gotten to know so many people just from that one session. And then on the mature crowdsourcing side, you know, we actually break down the barrier between sort of facilitator and attendees and uh, the attendees, you know, problem solve each other's challenges um, as mature departments. Um, and uh, it's just uh, really wonderful to see that kind of interaction. So I wanted to ask you about another session on Wednesday. It's actually um, a session called Get Ready, Get Set, which we are going to use uh, as the name of our podcast episode. Oh, um, great. We've used Ramon's song lyrics before. We've used Adele. I was trying to think of an Oscar tie-in since we are taking this the week of the Oscars, but something like a pro bono star is born didn't really fit. So <laughs> I think uh, Get Ready, Get Set sounded perfect. So tell me a little bit about that session. So that session, we uh, sort of envisioned it to be uh, for both, you know, sort of people getting started in their uh department, but also in their pro bono program, as well as for mature departments. And we found that um, over time, you know, after people have built their program, there are issues that they're confronting um, regarding uh, communications, um, knowledge management, succession planning, um, all the things that you may not initially think about very closely when you are building a program and you're, you know, sort of you know, looking forward to the launch of the program and you just want to get something up and running. But once you actually have a program running for a year or two or even more, then you start to realize, you know, we don't have certain pieces in place and we haven't thought through how to sustain this program um, in a thoughtful way. Uh, and so even though I think this will be very much sort of... Um, in the weeds about different things, I think people really have asked us to uh, have a session like this so they can think through these ideas. And we've had in-house folks talk to us about, you know, uh, the succession planning and, you know, uh, how that went and, you know, what they had to go through to put something in place. And I think there's a lot to share there for our attendees. Amazing. Um, any other things that you're looking forward to that you want to chat about? Well, I always love the Pro Bono Expo. The Expo is essentially kind of like a fair, and uh, legal services and public interest organizations are invited to come and um, have a table, and uh, it looks very much like a table talk type of fair where people can walk around and uh get to know some of the organizations that have pro bono programs and offer opportunities to you know, our attendees and uh, that they can take back with them. So um, I, I love it because I think it's you know, uh, so different than what you have at a lot of other conferences in a way, and it's another 
sort of venue that uh, we do in a way to you know sort of cultivate interaction. And also because um, it's integrated with great food, uh, snack food, as well as uh, sort of an open bar. Uh, I think people have really enjoyed that and, uh, and it helps, I think the whole setup, you know, sort of helps with the networking uh, aspect of it. Yeah, I think the addition of adult beverages has <laughs> <laughs> never helped help, help the event. Um, we've got our list of hosts, but I am not sure uh, what the best venue to direct people who are interested in finding it. Uh, we'd usually post it on our blog, but we're not doing that anymore. And on our pod show page, which we are not doing anymore. So, Producer John, do you have any ideas? Uh, the full list will be in The Wire coming out very soon. The Wire. So, subscribe to The Wire or find it online. I think it's a great idea. So there you go. Commercial for the wire. Anything else you want to hit? Conference related? I'll, I'll share one thing that I'm looking forward to. It is a law firm session on Wednesday. We have an author named Susan Smith Blakely. She's also a lawyer. And she has uh, authored a series of books called Best Friends at the Bar. And her most recent one is about millennial lawyers. And uh, she's really uh, become an expert and is coming to talk about millennials and um, what that means in terms of capturing their interests to leverage uh, and improve pro bono and their engagement and performance. And I think that'll be super great. And one last call out for a Wednesday program. Um, Amy Mohan, who many of you know, she was a great guest. Check out her episode, it's amazing. And a colleague of hers, Latonya Brooks, are coming from Cudwallader in New York to do a case study deep dive, Tammy mentioned case studies, um, about their successful efforts at um, using pro bono uh, to enhance uh, diversity, inclusion, and professional development training efforts at the firm. And I think they have got some innovative and successful uh, projects and initiatives to share with us. I think that's going to be great. Um, but you had asked what else I'm looking forward to, and I am looking forward to celebrating the uh, Zeon Award winner. Uh, you might want to talk more about how the Zeon Award uh, came into being for the conference. Uh, but um, I'm particularly excited this year to celebrate um, the award winner, Freddie Mac, uh, legal department, and their GC, uh, Ricardo and Verdua. And uh, Freddie Mac has had a long-standing uh, pro bono program. Uh, what's interesting is that you know they refreshed their program uh, back in 2011, and uh, since then they've had a dedicated group of pro bono leaders who have you know sort of built this program from you know one clinic to seven clinics per year, and to doing uh, a number of successful um, direct representations for immigrants seeking asylum. And uh, their leaders are often also engaged with the access to justice community. So uh, really, I just want to give a shout out to them and looking forward to, you know, raising a glass to uh, their legal department. Yeah. Cheers. They, Cheers. They, they're, they're great. And I'll just do a quick shout out to Judge Zilan, Lori Zilan, who is uh, a founder of PBI and really uh contributed a lot of sweat equity to help create the organization and um, make it uh, survive right through its uh, childhood, its infancy, right, its toddlerhood, and, and now our much more mature years. Um, she is um, 
currently on the Court of Appeal in California and is just a tremendous access to justice champion and innovator. And we're just incredibly grateful for her friendship and support. And it is a true honor to give an award in her name every year at our annual conference. Anything else? Other highlights? Or uh, have we covered them all? Well, you know, one thing I actually really look forward to, and this is part of the networking, is uh, the kickoff reception that uh, our friends at Alston and Bird uh, put on for us. And, uh, and you know, I have a soft spot for Alston and Bird as well, having worked in the South. Uh, they were one of my pro bono partners on a case I worked on for us uh, ensuing a juvenile detention center. So I just want to give a shout out to them. <laughs> um, they're great. And... Uh, I love that networking reception that kicks off the conference because it's uh, very low key, and I think again it sets a tone for uh, helping people, you know, feel comfortable. Um, they'll meet people that they'll see at the conference, and uh, our whole staff is there, and you know, we help you know with introductions, and people come and meet sometimes fellow panelists that they haven't met, but they've you know been on planning calls. So it's all sort of very exciting and just so warm. Yeah, and they're so generous and delightful of them to host. And if people want to hear more about Austin and Bird, I will refer you to pod episodes with Mary Benton, really great, and our DACA episode with Chris Marquardt, who's a lawyer there who's done a lot of DACA work. Um, any tips? Do you have any tips for maximizing people's experience? I know we've talked a lot about networking, not hiding in your room, trying to get off your phones. Um Asking us, we're happy to help you. I would add, wear comfortable shoes. There's, there really is a lot of walking. <laughs> we're whole, yeah. in a new hotel, yeah. so yeah. Uh, you know yeah. it'll be a new experience. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is for people who are coming, try to get to the sessions that you want to attend on time or even a little early. We don't have people pre-commit. You know, there's a lot of yeah. you know like school or big conferences you have to set your schedule in advance right and if you haven't registered for a certain session and you don't have the golden ticket to that you aren't going to be able to go but this is all open entry we do our best guess when putting sessions in rooms but things do fill up and there's you know the fire marshal and people can only sit on the floor so much or stand in the back and if there are things that this is why you came uh, I just encourage you to be on time or really a little early and just get your tushy in a chair. That's kind of my little yeah. tip. But. And I'll also put in a uh, plug, so to speak, for uh, our uh, session surveys at the end of each session uh, because, you know, we really try to think thoughtfully and deliberately about uh, structuring a conference that works for our attendees. Um, we do take those surveys very seriously, and so we always appreciate when you take the time to write your input, your feedback, and uh, and we take those back with us, and we really do uh, think about how to make the next conference even better. Oh, yeah. I read every sheet, and I generally have the paper cuts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, uh, we really appreciate it. So it doesn't go into a black hole. We, we use it, and uh, we love it. So, Tammy, before we go, any last thoughts about the conference or anything else that you'd like to mention or plug? Well, one thing this year that's new is that, you know, we have our reception at a uh, restaurant, nightclub, so, and... I would encourage you all to attend that. There is a wonderful view of the harbor, and uh, 
it's uh, something different um, that we're doing this year. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I'm just going to lead you to this because you do have something else to plug. And if you're not going to plug it, I'm going to plug it. It is not related to the conference and it's not super related to PBI. Tammy's husband has a new book out and it is amazing and we are going to plug it. I went to the book talk last week and I can vouch for it. And I just got the email from the DC Public Library that my hold has come up. And after work today, I'm going to pick it up. And I couldn't be more excited to read it. And it's on point. And I will show you how it is on point. He writes about lawyers at the airport when the travel ban went into effect, right? And who were those lawyers at the airports? They were pro bono lawyers from across the country. And for people who are interested in learning more about that, of course you read the book, which Tammy will tell you about, but listen to the pod. We did a whole special episode, Up in the Air, with Ellen Joseph about what it was like to be on the ground. And she talks about schlepping the card table that she had at her daughter's birthday party on, right, to the Houston airport and setting it up. And so six degrees of separation, there is a 100% link to Tammy's husband's awesome book and our work. Rena, you were very kind, and uh, yes. So Robert Sy, uh, my husband, has a book out that uh, is making a circuit, and actually today uh, he is in New York and has an event co-hosted um, by the Brennan Center and uh, NYU Law School with Dahlia Lithwick, uh, in which he is giving a uh, facilitated discussion about the book. And uh, the book is called <laughs> Practical Equality, and in a nutshell, uh, it talks about um, how we might, as a society, uh, as in the courts, get to um, equality outcomes, but not necessarily through the Equal Protection Doctrine, but through other kinds of doctrines or principles like fairness, due process, you know, um, no cruelty. Uh, so... I won't go on, but um, if you're interested, uh, please uh, check it out. Um, I know that it is on Amazon for a much reduced rate, uh, which he's very happy about. And so thank you, Rena, for giving, us, giving me this opportunity to talk about it. Oh, and it has an awesome cover, which we got to preview the cover art here. So that was great, too. Yep. And it's funny you mentioned that because just last night he showed me that his cover is on um has been selected as one of you know few covers this year that um, uh, is sort of uh, in the book cover art world uh, has you know gotten some attention. Ooh, so our aesthetic is spot on. Maybe yes. we could develop a cottage industry like consulting. <laughs> yes, we're taking everybody some for thought that. Yeah. this was the cover um, when I did a you know sort of focus group. Yeah, yeah. So he should be so grateful to you. That's that's fantastic. Should. Yeah. Well, I am grateful to you. Thank you, Tammy, so much for joining me today. It's been a total blast. And thanks, as always, to producer John for all your help. For those loyal listeners wondering where my podcast sidekick Elise is, let me tell you a little story. While we've been dark and unable to record because of some technical difficulties, now totally fixed, thank you very much, Elise got a new job. She's now the pro bono coordinator at Hunt and Andrews Kurth, a new position based here in D.C., which is great. We still get to see her. I just saw her on Monday night, and she is doing amazing. Um, and she's still part of our pro bono family. 
So if you're ever thinking that listening to podcasts, including this one, is just a frivolous exercise, rest assured, it is not. Elise interviewed her new boss, right? And I can see a straight line to new opportunities running from the show. So it is time well spent. And if you want to check out that episode with Elise's new boss, the guest is Kim McLeod. And we did another episode, one of our first, with the amazing Scotty Brown, who is also at Hunton. They're both based in Richmond. So if you are missing Elise, like I am, you can always listen to her on demand whenever you want. Archived episodes of the podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a review. It's quick and easy to do. We'd appreciate the honest feedback and it would help make it easier for other listeners to find the show. To learn more about us and the conference, visit our website at probonoinst.org. You'll find quick links to agendas, sponsorship opportunities, the wire, the list of expo hosts, and more and more and more. As always, we're grateful for your generous support, which makes our work possible. We'd love to hear from you. Send your comments, feedback, and suggestions to probono at probonoinst.org. We're way overdue for another mailbag episode, so this is actually a great time to be in touch with us with your pro bono questions or hit us up on Twitter. You can um, send them to us that way too. What's our handle? At probonoinst, right? There we go. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Pro Bono Happy Hour. 